friends, 2022 is history. Have you thought about what you'll do in 2023? How you will make it better than last year? Every new year is a new opportunity, so I have a great way for you to make the most of this one. This year, resolve to become a better educated American. And the good folks at Hillsdale College have made their amazing online courses free for all who wish to learn. And my challenge to you is just take one of their fantastic courses. You can discover the beauty of the Bible in the Genesis story, or study the writings of C.S. Lewis, or explore the true meaning of America in Constitution 101. There are many more to choose from, and all these self-paced free courses feature Hillsdale faculty and scholars. Visit Dana4FORHillsdale.com and pick one of more than 30 free Hillsdale courses. I hope you'll accept my challenge and resolve to be a more educated American in 2023. Pick whichever course you like at Dana4Hillsdale.com and start your freak online course today. That's Dana4FORHillsdale.com. The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet and your 401k. With the stock market so volatile these days, is it smart to make a prediction? In 2022, all of the market predictions were way off. If you want to invest your hard-earned money, don't make a prediction on your own. It will lead to some painful consequences. What should you do? Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. How hard is it to walk out of a skiff with classified material? Everybody who goes into a skiff uh, knows what the requirements are to go in um, and knows uh, what the requirements are to go out. Um, you, you know, there's, you can't bring personal devices in and uh, you certainly can't uh, leave uh, with uh, material unless that material is appropriately secured. Um, now, define appropriately secured, sir. What does that mean? What does appropriately secured mean to you? Next to a Corvette. <sighs> like in your hoarder garage, right? Next to your Corvette. Exactly. That's that's where we always keep our stuff. I mean, I don't know about you, but I like keep my house, my home's title. I mean, granted, it's not as bougie as, you know, uh, classified information, but, you know, Nonetheless, I that's where I keep all my important documents, right? And I make sure that I've got a crackhead right there to pass out, to have total access to it. Oh my gosh, what a crazy day. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here with you. And if you are uh, listening across the country, it's good to be with you uh, here. At, I can't believe it's Thursday. I keep thinking it's Wednesday. I've already told people today's Wednesday. I have no idea what's happening. And I accidentally dressed like a, a like a teddy bear. I don't know what happened here. I'm wearing, it was cold this morning. Texas is crazy. I don't know. And then all the news and everything. Oh. So anyway, there we are. All right, so let's get started with everything today, shall we? So where to even, I was really, um, how do I say, very pleased with the image that I used for your prep email that I sent out because it was all about it's all about the docs. Um, I'm waiting waiting for that other shoe to drop. There's 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 a lot of stuff happening, it, and it's like odds and ends and like weird bitty bit pieces because there's. I mean, first off, you have a huge Democrat slap fight that is brewing in California, and I'm just let me tell you guys, I've never been more ready for any slap fight in my ever loving life. Adam Schiff is going for Diane Feinstein's seat and that she still occupies. I don't know. I was reading all of these pieces this morning. It's not Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff. I keep calling him Schiff. Same thing. 
he's going for Dianne Feinstein's seat. And, and it's not just him because there are a number of these like high profile Democrats that are looking at her Senate seat. Can you imagine being Dianne Feinstein? I mean, granted, she's a gun control Democrat, incredibly hypocritical. So I, you know, I don't actually have any sympathy here. But can you just imagine being her and everyone's looking at you like like a buzzard, like those Looney Tunes buzzards when they're just waiting for you to die? Like when Bugs was lost in the desert and they're just waiting for him to just fall down and die. It seems like that's how they're looking at this. So it, in some respects, I'm like, well, it's kind of, it's, but that's their politics. That's their, that's how they, that's how they run things. That's how they do. So that's going to be a bit of a slap fight. Then I saw, let me pull this up from Politico this morning, Biden's next two years, a brutal war and a rough campaign, a war with no one in sight threatens to loom over Biden and his expected reelection bid. They are already setting up the stage. There are three people on this byline. It takes three people to write what is essentially maybe a two and a half thousand word piece, if that, or maybe a two thousand word piece. Three people. You really needed that? And it's kind of like a lot of it's, it's not like they went and interviewed a bunch of people. It's just odd. But they were saying that they're talking about Ukraine and how you know, ultimately there's doesn't seem like there's any kind of resolution for Biden in here as he goes into uh, the run-up towards if he does go for re-election and discussing his ability to maintain these ties with other nations, etc. And the aides, they, they, no- they noted that Biden aides don't expect that, co- that conflict to be one of the top issues heading into the next election. So here's the thing. You can't say that when you blame it for all of the things that are happening here in the United States domestically. So this is where Democrats really screw up. So this is the, what paragraph is this? Because they go in it, this is like seven paragraphs in. And they say that, though Biden aides don't expect the war to be one of the top issues heading into the next election, polling suggests that the public backs the president. And then they try to shift from that. So here's the problem with that, that claim. You can't build it up like a major thing. And, and that's what they have been doing. Uh, they, they have been doing that. You can't, you can't blow it up to be this huge thing and then blame all of the high gas prices and all of this stuff on it and then say that it's not going to be a top issue going into the election. You can't say, well, it's because of this that our gas prices are high. It's because of this that food prices are high. It's because of this that we have inflation. It is because of this that people are hashtag died suddenly. I mean, I don't know. You can't say that. It's the snow. There's no way. So, uh, but the soundbite that we came in with, we have Kirby describing also. I think that's, notice that they haven't had any polling on that, which I think is interesting. There's no way. They have uh, John Kirby who's like, oh, well, you know, you self-report because he was asked by Ducey, well, what happens to someone in the chain of command if they leave something with a skiff? That's the uh, classified, the high classified stamping that was on the documents that biden had in his hoarder garage can i just go back to that for a minute guys you know like when you have company over you pick up right like when you got company coming over what do you do you pick up you straighten up i mean i always joke because my mom liked to make it look like no one lived in our house but you know you straighten up a little bit you don't leave stuff laying on the you know your countertops you don't leave your mail all scattered out you clean up a bit And if you're going to have Jay Leno do a show with you about your car and they're going to have cameras recording you going into your garage, 
backing into your garage, pulling out of your garage, being generally in your garage, the door open, everything. Don't you think that you would pick up your little hoarder pile in the corner back there? It bugs me. It bugs me so bad every time I keep seeing images of it. It bugs me. Like, why do you, how do you not, you're going to, you're going to have your, I mean, it looked like a bunch of stuff piled in the corner. I get it that there's stuff in people's garages. That looked like a messy hoarder thing. Any of the documents just shoved back there. Oh, they're fine. That just still bugs me. So he was asked, Kirby's like, well, you know, if they leave a piece, they self-report. That's not, that's something that you, that you, you have to self-report though. Is like multiple, like how many times has he done this now? And how many years later is it? How many years later? Can you imagine if you had someone in the military who did something like this? They, their career would be absolutely over. There's no way. Their career would be done. But if you're Biden, it's D different. I mean, that's the, the difference here that a lot of people are objecting to. By the way, is there a limitation? I actually don't know. Is there a limitation on self-reporting? I mean, is it still, do you still get credit for self-reporting if it's six years later? And I'm just assuming, it, I mean, it was six years after he was vice president. Do you still get that credit? I, I vote nosies. That's me. I just don't think that that's, do you get that credit? Oh, by the way. I mean, this isn't a library book. If you're watching the simulcast, if you're listening across the country or watching the simulcast on YouTube, Facebook, the first. Juan has that hoarder corner circled. It bugs me to my nth degree. It's a hot. Is that a lampshade? There's a lampshade back there too. Other furniture. Other like, and it's all hoarder. How Kane? If that's your garage, you got Jay Leno coming over. You're gonna you gonna have that hoarder stash in the corner with all your classified documents. That is a hell no. Oh my gosh! Like the hostess in me is dying. It's just uh, smells like cat urine. I can just tell from the photo. Anyway. If I didn't move it, I would just then close the door before Jay Leno arrived. Like I pull the car out, close the door before Jay Leno arrives, and then make that. The thing. It's. I mean, come on, President of the United States, come on, clean up your hoarder corner there. Sidebar: Great name for a thrift shop. Uh, anyway, it is right. It is totally good. Uh, so this is you have you have six years later. Oh, he self-reported. That's exactly what he did. Two months after. To, I mean, and this is, they, they, dis, they discovered the latest, like, right before, like, in November, right before the election. By the way, self-reporting doesn't mean that you didn't commit a crime. I mean, that t- seems to me like they're just, they're admitting that he committed a crime, and then they think he should be held above the letter of the law because D different. That's what I'm getting out of this. I mean, did John Kirby legit just say, yes, he totally did commit a crime. He did have these classified documents. That's exactly what happened. And then he self-reported all this time. So, okay, so what happens after the self-reporting? And? But what happens that for six years he didn't self-report? Seven years? Yeah, you, yeah. You, the six years, you got to kind of self-report the moment that you see it happening. Not... <sighs> I can't, man. It's just... Uh. So, in addition to this, the administration is going to make you mad. Remember the story that we had looking at the number of um, property owners and people who uh, rented property, et cetera, and the majority of them, middle-class folks, 
a lot of minority landlords, a lot of minority property owners, and they were incredibly upset over that moratorium that ultimately ended. It was a federal court that ended up stopping that because it was, you know, you have an alphabet agency that circumventing congressional oversight and they're trying to create a law out of a rule. So that whole moratorium on rent and all of that was was pretty much thrown to the wayside. Well, now the administration is rolling out a blueprint for what they say is a renter's bill of rights. Do we really need that? I mean, you know what you you know what you're getting into when you rent. I mean, I've been a renter before. I know what all it entails. They said some of the upcoming changes could include curbing what they call egregious rent hikes in certain properties and more funding to get low-income tenants facing eviction access to legal representation. They said it's, it's they're drawing up, uh, uh, what he announced yesterday, new actions to prevent renters across the U.S., uh, to protect, excuse me, renters across the U.S., curbing practices to prevent blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, as Kane say it, what will you just put in Slack? Yeah, this is it's a great more point. like landlord rights have been reduced. It's not about some new bill of rights that renters have. This is about reducing the rights of landlords. I just, it's really hard for me to think that you have to have a renter's bill of rights, particularly over a property owner bill of rights, because have you heard about the stories of like squatters? It's insane. I don't know if you guys have seen some of this stuff. It's wild. Just the things that people are allowed to do and get away with. Um, I was reading a horror story from a family that was trying to sell. They had a, a, a parent who had passed away and they were trying to sell the house. But apparently the person who had been helping the parent decided to squat in the basement. And they like one of the like one of their family members always has to stay in the property. And they're like dealing. They have to go through this whole thing and spend all this money on, on legal representation. There's no property owner bill of rights. And notice when they sit here and go after what they call egregious rent increases. When they did that whole uh, rent moratorium. They they never they never ever did anything about the uh, mortgage. There was no mortgage moratorium, so there was no tax property tax moratorium. That would have been helpful. That would have been super helpful. No, but they expected everyone to just eat what they would pay. What's what they would expect people using their property for? That's an exchange of goods. It's a, that's a commercial enterprise. Why is the government getting involved? It's just asinine. Just like this. We have more on this. We have a ton of other stuff. Uh, I, I've got some economic news. Uh, Kane and I found our side hustle. I just got to think of a name, man. I'm like all about this. Like we could get Sergio in on this. Right. Like we could do a whole thing. You know, his ears perked up down there in McAllen. Oh. K-U-R-V. He heard his name. Sergio heard his name and his ears perked up. We're going to talk about this coming up. We got a whole bunch of stuff. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, so you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Resolve now to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. The Patriot Mobile 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Dana. That's Patriot mobile.com slash Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so first and foremost here, I don't, 
I was going back and forth. Like, is this wokery or is this them being more specific? So it says the Brit- British museums are shifting the word mummy, like to talk about actual old Egyptian mummies, to mummified persons, what they said is more respectful of the deceased. So they say that they're changing their language when referring to mummies, so that they, that referring to them as mummified persons as a way to pay more respect. It's the British Museum and the Great North Museum. Kane's laughing. See, that's the thing. I'm like, are you actually being more specific or... Are you being dumb? Because no one thinks it's like a parent. They know what you're talking about. So they said like mummified remains, mummified person. Mummified person, that's just, it's redundant. We know. Yeah, we get it. Like how? And they said the word mummy is not incorrect. But here, okay, so here's where I'm like, eh, that may be wokery. They go, but it is dehumanizing. Whereas using the term mummified person encourages our visitors to think of the individual. Do you honestly, are we going to have like... To call Brendan Fraser to fight the offended mummies? Are they going to riot? Is that what it is? Like, you worried that the, they're going to have, like, the little torch and pitchfork mummy mob? I don't know. Americans are increasingly disgruntled at work. I think a lot of this is people got to stay home and then they went back to work. I think that's what, honestly, a lot of it is. It's a new survey from Gallup. They said that the 32% of employees said they were actively engaged at work or passionate about their jobs. It's down from 36% in 2020. And they said 18% said they were actively disengaged and i.e. disgruntled. Interesting. Stick with us. We got a whole bunch more in store back in just a second. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that's not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone this story. You got to publish your own time. You got to publish your own time. We're exploring, like, no. You know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. It'd be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like, you know, it goes everywhere. Something crazy. It's the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. Wow. So that's the latest from Project Veritas, my friend James O'Keefe's media entity, and they—that is pretty amazing. They, he was having. They were having just a couple beers with uh, Project Veritas journalists, and this guy's bragging about everything that's going on that he's doing at Pfizer and. Oh boy. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of our first hour. And this is this is one of the more one of the more interesting stories. Because this it's one of the directors at Pfizer who 
was saying that this is COVID. His quote was, quote, COVID is going to be a cash cow for us. That is not what we say to the public. People won't like that. Don't tell anyone. And his name is Jordan Tristan Walker. He is the director of Pfizer's Research and Development and Strategic Operations MRNA Scientific Planner. And he had said in one of the one of the takeaways was, quote, one of the things we're exploring is why don't we just mutate it, meaning coronavirus ourselves, so we could create preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, he says there's a risk of like, as you can imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. And he says, oh, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody. I love that they're able to get these people. It is, it is, if these people never learn a lesson, first off, especially if it's a chick, right? If you work in tech, pharma, and an attractive chick comes and shows a lot of interest in your work, that is not real life, man. That's Project Veritas, okay? That is not real life. Do not flatter thyself. So that's, I mean, and it's just wild what he was saying in what this guy was just freely just saying in all of this, right? And I think that there's definitely, I mean, it's disturbing because this directed, you know, evolution of the virus, that's like the same, you can't, that's another way to say gain of function. A friend of mine was like, oh, it's the um, distinction without, without the uh, difference. But it's true because if you're saying you're, you're talking about the very careful directed evolution of, you know, how this, of mutations. That is literally gain of function. That's the same thing. You're just trying to say it differently and hoping nobody notices. So this guy, I mean, he's, he's a director. Uh, I mean, he's not the you know, CEO or COO, but he's the director of R&D and the strategic operations regarding mRNA. And... I just, um, he's, it's kind of, it's disturbing. And this is kind of what we all sort of thought they were doing anyway, but without, you know, the benefit of having them admitting that they were doing this anyway. And he's saying, I mean, he was, you know, there were some people who were kind of, I think, you know, nitpicking over whether or not he thinks it's a good business model. But I mean, that is a quote that he did say. In that, you know, why don't we just mutate it ourselves and create and prevent preemptively develop new vaccines? And he would say no one wants to have the, you know, if we're going to do that, there's the risk of people looking at it like it's a pharmaceutical company that's mutating viruses. And he stopped short of saying for profit, but that's implied. So I don't think that he necessarily has to, with his mouth, articulate that express that, you know, that expressed you know, statement because it's, it's already implied. I, and which is bad enough, you know, I don't think it's bad enough. I don't think that they, they presented it in a way that was in any way misleading. That's exactly what the guy's talking about. And it's just bad. It is bad. And I think it shows you too the relationship between these industries and between the government and everybody has, everybody scratches everyone else's back. And it seems like the people who are left out, in the cold are the actual public and the interest of the public. And this guy seems so full of himself in this video. He's just very, you know, it looks so bad. It looks bad, right? 
You watched this, Kane. You watched the video. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't believe that he was just as loose-lipped as he was. Right. Who does this? Who does this? Oh, my gosh. Who does this? <sighs> I People just get too comfortable. Or they, or they feel like maybe it's... Uh, they're untouchable. Maybe that's the correct way of saying Instead of feeling comfortable, they just feel as though they're beyond reproach, and that's where this comes from. Yeah, as Kay noted, directed evolution, that's gain of function. That's exactly what that is. And so, like, what, we're funding this? And they're making money because we're funding this. I Don't you love being a partner in something that you had never actually agreed to be a partner in and then you don't actually get the return on your investment like we invest our tax dollars in it and where's the return on our investment we are held against our will to be partners in and and to be uh, uh venture capitalists in these things but yet we never get the return on our investment the way that these people do the companies do just saying taxation without representation a little bit there i think we uh something happened over that back in the day didn't it just saying yeah something happened back in the day so they have, I mean, what it, what it basically suggests is that, which it's, the, the Project Veritas isn't making this claim, but the sloppy nature of this guy in the video and the way that he's talking about this and the carelessness, I mean, it seems like they feel, you know, it comes across as here's an untouchable uh, business that, you know, maybe they, they experiment with gain of function and if that leads to a viral spread, then they can, they can then develop vaccines. So it's hurt and rescue and they make cash off it. I mean, it just looks bad, man. There's no way to slice it. It looks bad. There has been, I know that there's, they have oversight panels that they're developing now with all of this. And I would really, you know, I, I hope that we actually see some good uh, investigation into this because there's, I think we're owed a lot of answers. We were owed, owed so many answers. And I think James O'Keefe does a really, I think he does a good job with us over at, at Project Veritas. I think he does a very good job with uncovering a lot of this stuff and getting these people to admit things that, you know, you just kind of suggest that, they're, that, they, that they believe. But I love it because the guy's like, don't tell anybody, okay? Now, this is how the, exper- this is how the experiment works, you know, like... Um, because he was talking about one point that they had a thought that came up in a meeting where they didn't want to be viewed as the pharmaceutical company that was engineering through gain of function viruses and then, you know, providing the charging people for the vaccine for it. And he said he had said at one point, quote, the way it would work is we'd put the virus in monkeys. We'd successfully successively cause them to keep infecting each other and we collect serial samples from them. Uh, you can't create something that just goes everywhere, which I suspect is the way the virus started in Wuhan. To be honest, it makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. It's BS. And then he says that when they when he's talking to the Project Veritas uh, undercover journalist, that journalist says, yeah, that sounds like gain of function. And he goes, no, 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 it's different. He goes, his quote, his direct quote was directed evolution is very different. It's legit the same thing. It's a different way to say it. You think he's going to get fired? I just cannot believe how sassy he is and having this conversation with people. It's just, yeah, he's the Pfizer director. He graduated Yale 2013. Doctor, uh, uh, he went to uh, University of Texas Southwestern Medical School. And he reports to a guy who reports to the CEO. Man, I love that they get these people on camera like this. 
people need to have this information. You know, all of the media outlets that were that were attacking everybody and saying that, uh, it, you know, it, this is all fake news or propaganda or you're pushing misinformation. If, can you imagine if they would have done like one eighth of this of what Project Veritas is doing? They said Kim.com was uh, what did he say yesterday? He said that uh, uh, Kim.com is matching donations because you can make tax deductible donations which I, I, love, I like supporting independent media institutions, but you can make tax-deductible donations, and, and he said that Kim.com was managing donations last night, which I thought was cool. Uh, also, got a few other things here. Make sure that we hit. I got woke, right? This makes me mad. A video game firm has fired a woman after a trans activist, bland, activist branded her a transphobe because the woman who was employed by the video game company at Limited Run Games because she followed some conservative accounts and she liked some Harry Potter stuff. So it was a woman who was fired because a man who cosplays as a woman uh, complained that she, that the actual woman follows what she said are right-wing transphobic creeps and they're just basic, some conservative and libertarian accounts. And that she had liked some stuff about Harry Potter. Because remember, all of the men who are in woman, women face cannot stand J.K. Rowling because J.K. Rowling stood up for the existence of women. And so this person who goes by the name of Purple Tinker, this man who is in woman face, decided to just get the rage mob going when it limited run games and called her. He's, he sexistly, he, he's a sexist. He slurred her as a transphobe. And he said, quote, unless she unless and until she is fired from the company permanently, I'm not giving them a single dime. Nobody believes that you play games anyway, dude. Nobody believes this dude plays games. Nobody else. And they said that, oh, it's they got upset because one of the things that they had been working on, I guess, was the Hogwarts legacy. It's like a video game based Harry Potter world. And they said that. Uh, they can't believe that they were doing that because of what J.K. Rowling said. J.K. Rowling said nothing discriminatory. But all of the men who are in women face who have been, and I don't agree with her on hardly anything except this, uh, but all of the men who cosplay as women have been attacking her with slurs, threats, all this other stuff. You know, it's like, I, gosh, I really wish I could say what, what I really, what the best way to present this. Right? right. You know exactly what I'm thinking of too, don't you? Yeah. <sighs> it's so... And, and they fired her. They fired her. I wouldn't. Now, I don't want to buy any games from them because they fired her. Right. For, because a dude got mad. A dude got mad, so they fired her. What in the world? I mean, how is that in any way? That's sexist. It's patriarchal. We have more because I got some more woke for you too. It's uh, kind of wild. Uh, so we got a, I got a bunch of stuff to get into. We got some economic headlines as well. All kinds of good things. We got to get moving though at this moment. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Hello, I'm Congressman Adam Schiff with some troubling news. Today, Kevin McCarthy removed me from the House Intelligence Committee all for doing my job, for holding Trump accountable and standing up to the extreme MAGA Republicans. We knew it would be bad when the Republicans took over, but it's far worse than we expected. But I can promise you this, this this is not the end of my fight for our democracy. This is just the beginning. Please join us and contribute today. 
Thank you. Do you guys remember the video that went viral of the um, the kid who didn't who got in trouble and he went into his room and something it was like recording something and he threw a tantrum on his bed, like throwing himself on his bed, screaming. It looked like he was twelve years old. Same energy, yeah. same thing. That's Adam Schiff who decided to ironically uh, lecture about being taken off the Intel Committee by doing it on TikTok, which is a CCP owned app. CCP tech and he uses it to post this but duh I wonder why I mean you know that's boss move there slick go ahead and then just pr- further prove everybody's point so mad I'm gonna go and I'm gonna use their their tech I'm gonna I'm gonna use their tech and that's exactly what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna I'm just gonna whine about this some more so I have two things and I cannot even believe this is a real headline the first one, this is wild. Did you see what I just dropped in Slack? Yeah. Uh, so BuzzFeed is going to now start using ChatGPT, the AI, to help create its content. I thought they already did. I thought they were already using some sort of AI. Dude. It's quite horrible what they dude, do. Dude, that's wild. That is absolutely wild. Um, exactly. Uh, so they're essentially going to be an AI generating content thing. Uh, that actually is appropriate. I mean, I, I'm totally fine because that's what it is anyway. But they said BuzzFeed's up 171% on the year now because their AI is going to write their stories. AI is going to write their stories. That's crazy. Did I told you guys how one of the teachers... And my son's school, he banned uh, the laptops and everything from his British literature course because he said that he didn't want to have to deal with chat GPT writing papers. So the kids have to do everything cursive. They have to do everything by hand and turn it up by the end of the class, which I'm actually totally all for. I mean, yes, there's granted you could have, you know, just basically have dismissed, you know, or, or stopped Wi-Fi or something like, you know, could have done something. But anyway, I get what he's doing. This is this is pretty unbelievable that they're going to do this. So you're going to have AI write your stories. Wow. I'm just, wow. Okay, so the second thing, and this was just apparently, I mean, I literally found out about this right before we were going to air. No joke. So you know that we, so the radio programs, and we're in hundreds of markets across the country. And I think the measure that we had, we have about 11 million people who listen to the program. And we have a simulcast of the radio program that is also streamed on YouTube and Facebook. And then the first network also carries the simulcast. So it came out today that DirecTV has added the first to its lineup. So the first is, is they've, is, is being added to DirecTV. So that's, I think, 13 million households for DirecTV. Uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty awesome. So congrats all around. And I think that actually starts tomorrow. I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated. We have more in store. Second hour on the way. Stay with us. The uh, House Oversight Committee is looking into Hunter Biden's art sales or the sales of his own art. Uh, is the White House concerned about that? Does it have any response to it? I will refer you to uh, Hunter Biden's representatives on this. <laughs> you need to go talk to his people. 
That's but he's been accused of like money laundering. That's a pretty significant accusation. So, you know, when are we ever going to get any? Can you imagine? Man, there's so many things I get away with. Welcome. I mean, you know, not welcome to the program. Second hour of the show. Nationally syndicated radio program. Dana Lash here with you. Your lovable curmudgeon. And we've uh, got a number of things to bring you. We're talking about the Pfizer thing. That whole with Project Veritas. And I also have Wokery for you because there's some so much ridiculousness that's out there. And we're going to get into it. We're going to get into some of it. So some of the latest with this, we've, we're discussing the administration's creation of a renter's bill of rights. There's a lot of stuff that the, that the GOP is doing to block a lot of this ridiculousness, thankfully. And whether or not anything happens to it by the time it gets to the Senate is something else. But at least, you know, they're trying with some of this. But I have to tell you this because we got to, we've been talking about some serious things. Can I lighten it up, please? Will you indulge me? Someone explain to me what the Associated Press is doing here. Okay, so here's what they said. <sighs> Quote, We recommend avoiding general and often dehumanizing the labels, such as the poor, the mentally ill, the French, what? The disabled, the college educated. Instead, use wording such as people with mental illnesses and use these descriptions only when clearly relevant. Well, I think that the Associated Press are a bunch of people with mental illnesses. Does that work? Is that a good example? You said the. No, I didn't. You said the Associated Press. Oh. um, Individuals writing professionally at an entity titled. The Professionally. Associated Press are mentally ill. How about that? That's better. Is that better? So wait, they're opposed to the, just the word the? Yeah, because... It's a determiner. They're, grouping, they're opposed to the? Yeah, you're grouping people at that That point. is a, like a piece of language. It really is. Probably the most common used word, honestly. Yeah. It's what they call a, a definite article. Yes. You use it... Before, actually, the ironic thing is that you're supposed to use it before something general or something that, where the identity is unknown. You're actually opposite. You're, you're not stating something definitively. It's so weird. So wait, the French? I'm so confused. So uh, a friend of mine said, so wait a minute. Instead of saying the French, I should say people with mental illness? What? No. Well, that's what the Associated Press is saying. No, I think you're just supposed to say French people. Not the French. How is not... So wait, you can't say the French because that's grouping people together. But sure. if you say French people, you're not grouping people together? Oh, no, you're, you're grouping them together. You're just not using the, so therefore it's better. Is the a pejorative? Mm, the way AP puts it here, it certainly looks like it. <laughs> but between me and you, no. So what if you're the band, the, the? Oh, man, you're double... What do you do? You're double bigoted at that point. This is the day. What do you do? I don't know. Yeah, you're double, triply bigoted. I just don't. So labels, I, is it a, it's, it's a label? Why do they want to, why is this on social media? Why is this, this, this is, 
the dumb. It's what it is. This is one of the dumbest. <laughs> Sounds like a book. The poor, the mentally ill, and the French. <laughs> My new book. <laughs> if I was a French, if I was the French, I would be upset. Why do they put the French in there? I'm just curious. Here, you put the French in between poor and mentally ill. Yeah, like, what about the Dutch? Exactly. The Germans. Can you put that in there? I mean, the Americans. Why is it the French? It sounds pretty mean. It sounds like they labeled them by including them in this manner, correct? They make no sense. This is so stupid. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, the French is definitely dehumanizing. To say the French, so bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's there's a lot of things that I hate. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, like uh, apparently the French and the poor and the mentally. I don't know. That's like, is that what they're, that's what they make it out to be like. Oh, my gosh. It's dehumanizing. I feel dehumanized having to read that tweet. So they're, they've canceled the. Uh, it's not going to work. So can you just say French? What about La French? You know their rules are La Merde. I'm just saying. <laughs> what about people experiencing Frenchness? That sounds acceptable. <laughs> you're not French. You're someone who's experiencing Frenchness. I identify as having some French. How about that? That works, right? People who identify as Frenchness. I don't know. Uh, you, have you noticed that all of this, it does seem like we are making language dumber? We are. We really are. We're making it to where we are going to talk like they did in Idiocracy, which I think was a prophecy, not just a movie for entertainment. I'm not reading what Juan just said. I'm not going to read it. It's labeling people. Oh, my gosh. The... I just want to make fun of this for the rest of the, the rest of the time. The, so crazy. The French. Can't say the French. This is Associated Press. Like, they, they also, don't they have things where you can't say, they were, the way that they were trying to, they were trying to uh, promote or push, like, cis woman. Like, you had to add a prefix onto what you were born as so you didn't hurt the feelings of dudes who wanted to, like, you know, woman face cosplay as your gender. So you didn't offend the dudes? Those dudes? No. Mm -mm. Garbage. We're, yeah, we're canceling, as Kane says, we're canceling true language to not offend the stupidest people amongst us. I feel like we shouldn't cater to stupidity. The, the, the. The, 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 the. The French. There you go. Now, wait, there's more. With the purchase of one Slap Chop, you get the second Slap Chop absolutely free. So Disney... Because, you know, the, they decided to solve all to racisms by taking away, by redoing something at Splash Mountain. I don't even know what they did anymore. So now this song, Zippity Doodah, is now gone. It's been removed from the Magic Kingdom entrance music loop. You remember that song, right? It was uh, performed by James Baskett, they said, in Disney's Song of the South the movie on which the famous Splash Mountain water ride 
was based, and they said everything's racist. So that song, it was sung by a black man in 1948. Now they don't, that's, no. They can't, they're not singing that anymore. So you're going to remove James Basket? What did he, wait, that's not, he sang a song. He's a, he was a, a black man, sang a song, and they're removing that because they think that that's somehow, by erasing him from history, it's respectful. We'd just rather not have him there, right? Have you noticed that it's always the white progressives that do this? Like, for instance, I was looking at all of the people who got arrested in Atlanta, and, and Andy No was going down the list. They're all trust fund socialist i'm not even making this up i mean it's i kind of wish i was so that there would be some little you know shred of doubt that makes it kind of funnier but it actually is real i mean the guys these people this this these men and women who have been arrested for burning down predominantly black-owned businesses in atlanta they're all white progressive trust fund kids like all their mommies and daddies this rich so they go, what, to other areas to go and burn it down because they won't defecate where they eat. It seems, that seems uh, like they are the mentally ill. Just, <laughs> they're the French. How about that? Yeah, I was looking at the, uh, some of them, like some of them had explosives. I'm looking at a, a big list. They have all their, their um, mug shots that are available, all publicly available. You can all go see, you can read, you know, everything about it. They, they're just um, a, b- a bunch of, I think one of them was a, a main surgeon, a millionaire main surgeon. Frankie Carroll is from Kenny Bunkport, Maine. What are you doing in Atlanta burning stuff down, brah? His, he was arrested uh, back in December after, the, after another violent protest. So this 22-year-old, He's charged after riots over the death of a protester who shot at a police officer. And all of them, they all live outside Georgia. They all traveled from their ritzy ritz hometowns. This guy, this 22-year-old, Frankie Carroll from Kenny Bunkport, I mean, he legit grew up in a mansion in a beach town. He was charged with domestic terrorism for violent protests at the site of the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. And a lot, like some of the other ones, um, one of the chicks who describes herself as a trans non-binary activist uses the name Henry. She comes from a super rich suburb in Portland. There's one guy who looks like a hippie with giant teeth. He has like crazy large teeth. It looks like his teeth are hominy. Like when we were, so sidebar, Kane and I, when we were for SHOT Show in Vegas, we went to dinner with the Celtic folks and we went to the sushi place and they brought out, what was it, like giant corn kernels, hominy. Yeah. That's what his teeth look like. Yeah. His dude's teeth look like this. So they have this one dude. He is, his name's Ivan Ferguson. Oh man, I can't make this up if I tried. Classically trained clarinetist. And he studied at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, Kane. I didn't think clarinetists would get mad like this. Wait, you can't say clarinetists. You have to say people who are experiencing clarinets. Oh. Stop it. So bigoted. Sorry. Mm. So he was in the San Francisco Conservatory of Music. How does someone who plays the clarinet get violent? I mean, it's a, it's a wood instrument. How are you getting violent playing a cl- How is that? 
And then you have a chick who looks like she's a wannabe Instagram influencer, vegan activist, who is so upset with her family because they don't understand what being vegan means. Golly. And so all of these people, they've been going down all of these names of all these people, not just Indy No, but others. Every single one of them is from outside, not just outside of Atlanta, outside of Georgia. What are you doing if you're going other than organization? What are you doing anyway? Going all the way down there, starting problems in someone else's own town, spray painting stuff on their buildings. You know, all of this. It's just, I mean, good heavens. And one of that, that Frankie Carroll's dad, he, he's, he's described as a keen sailor. He's described as a keen sailor who owns boats, including a yacht, double hull yacht. That's how that one writer grew up. Doesn't that make you, it makes just, I roll my eyes at these people. Antifa. Yeah, this, and they're all, they've been writing because they, they uh, over a 26-year-old who aimed his gun at officers. And they said, members of, an Anti- of Antifa have set up a camp at the site of a, a new training facility in Atlanta. It looks like their cosplay is Borderlands. It legit does. It looks like they want to be Borderlands. By the way, they, those people totally were beaten into the hole in the ground. I mean, at least by my gameplay, so I'm just going to say. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Guys, time to get shook. NBC Bay Area says many bottles of Fireball Cinnamon don't actually contain whiskey, and it's led to a lawsuit. So the Fireball at the gas stations, apparently the little bitty ones don't have enough whiskey in them. So it's filed in Cook County, Illinois, against makers of Fireball Cinnamon. The plaintiff says it's misleading packaging. Uh, Anna Marquez filed suit. Uh, it's saying that it was deceptive. Uh, they said that it, they wanted to capture the essence of the original Fireball Cinnamon whiskey, but they don't actually contain whiskey. It does say, like, it has the ALC, all of that, the whole thing on that. It's weird. I don't. Why would they put that on there? It's just kind of weird. Uh, one says cinnamon whiskey, the real one, and the other one just says cinnamon. What was the meme that we were talking about? It said, uh, like, during fall, it's like, oh, this candle smells like fireball. Yeah, Beth, that's what non-alcoholics call cinnamon. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there's that. And in Orlando, there's a place called Roboland uh, where you can go and get murked. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's the first of its kind of amusement park that lets you come face-to-face with robots. <laughs> Woo! Guests can see robotic animals and experience interactive exhibits and eat food made by robots. Talk to robots. See Sophia the robot. And just do robot stuff. And there's also Titan the robot, who is on Britain's Got Talent. He's eight feet tall and terrifying. So you can go and have that fun. That sounds like not a good time. I gotta be real with you, man. That doesn't, I'm not into that. That sounds like a nightmare. It's a horror film about to happen. And a student, an adult was arrested. He enrolled as a student at a New Jersey high school. That's like that movie Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore. Stay with us. We got more in store back after this. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. And yes, we have dark chapters. chapters, Like when the St. Louis, during the Holocaust, sailed to our shores and was turned around where folks were sent back to those horrors and many died. Uh, that's Cory Booker, who, that's kind of, 
can we stop making those comparisons? Yeah. I mean, I because he's talking about Title 42 and immigration. Welcome to the second hour, bottom of the second hour. Dana Lash with you. His uh, He's talking about deporting illegal entrants under Title 42 is the exact same as turning away Jewish people fleeing the Holocaust. Somebody needs a history lesson because it's totally not like that. Just want to say, raising me, it's totally not like that. I mean, if any student of history can know, that's not, not, it's not, not at all what it does. I don't think that people take you seriously when you make stupid comparisons like that. Right? Nobody takes you seriously when you say these things. It just doesn't, it, it makes your, it reduces any sort of, the, it reduces the severity of your point and reduces your legitimacy because you look like a fruitcake saying stuff like this. Quit. Just stop. Ugh. So, a couple of things here. We've uh, been discussing, yesterday we were hitting the whole uh, situation with Ukraine, etc. I actually don't disagree. J.D. Vance had made a point. He's been on the program before, and I actually don't entirely disagree with what he said. He had said that by focusing so much attention and resource on Ukraine, that if something should happen with China, the United States would not be in a good position to deal with it. And this comes on the heels of stories that we have seen related to the uh, amount of ammunition and, and uh, you know, other weapons that we may have, as well as our strategic oil reserve. We'd actually just apparently voted down an attempt to sell some, some of our uh, SPR, some, our supply to China, which is asinine. And I can't even believe that we had to have like that voted down. Uh, but that being said, the point that he's making, I don't think is, is a bad one. I just think that a lot of, especially some of what I'm seeing, the whole tank thing, the M1 Abrams, the 31 tanks, that over the next 12 months, so many things can happen in 12 months, being sent to Ukraine. There's this argument that I see some folks, and, and even people like Mike Pompeo, who I think has an understanding of the situation, but I just, I don't necessarily agree with the idea that if the United States doesn't get involved more than what we have that somehow Russia will then topple Ukraine and then they won't stop there. They're going to go into where they're all at uh, NATO's borders. And as I said yesterday, I mean, they're already at NATO's borders. Estonia and Latvia are NATO countries and Russia's right there. So that argument kind of falls flat. And I, I think it also presupposes that they have the ability to do something like that. They're barely doing what they're doing in Ukraine. So I can't even see. And they're they're going through their population just to do that. But I do think the longer it drags on, the, the worse it becomes for Ukraine. So the tanks, I mean, I'm not, to, I'm not against uh, engaging in deals and, and sending things. I, I, what I don't like is, is just giving away billions upon billions of taxpayer dollars and not having any accountability for it. But I think that some people who are saying that by doing this, we're somehow risking war. I also don't agree with that because back during the Vietnam conflict, I mean, all kinds of countries were sending all kinds of things and it didn't violate any sorts of agreements. So I think that's a little bit, that's a little, uh, a little bit of hyperbole as well. But still, no, there isn't any accountability with any of this. Just like there's no accountability with any of our tax dollars. We were talking about sending uh, money over to still study 
gain of function. Now, Chip Roy says he's going to use the debt ceiling threat because they're making a lot of moves in Congress right now to push through his border security plan. You know, we come in with Cory Booker sitting here talking about Title 42 and not understanding history. Uh, but uh, they said that Roy's facing some resistance, according to Texas Tribune, within his own party on this effort. He had introduced a bill to give the Secretary of Homeland Security the power to bar border crossings, even for people who are trying to seek asylum, because that's not how the asylum process works. If you're still entering the country illegally, it doesn't matter if you're seeking for asylum or not. That's not how the process works. It's still an illegal entry. The asylum process actually begins in your country of residence. So they, they want to, he wants to have Homeland Security grant them the ability to bar these illegal entrances until the United States is able to detain everyone who's crossing illegally and also allow attorney generals to sue the secretary if they feel that the administration is not adequately enforcing the policy, which would absolutely immediately be invoked in this administration. And so this is because they're trying to figure out whether or not to raise the federal debt limit. And there, any proposal on that has to include a massive reduction in federal spending uh, because there's you could tax everyone and you could even seize the wealth of the richest people in the United States and it's still not going to cover the deficit because they, they just keep spending, 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 spending. So we'll see how that works, but he's apparently banking on some leverage to advance this. But Democrats say it's a non-starter, as you heard from people like Cory Booker there. Tony Gonzalez, who is out of uh, San Antonio, he's a Republican who's not backing Chip Roy's bill. He says the asylum process is broken and needs reform. I actually don't think that's true. I don't think the asylum process is broken. I think that all of it by, you know, across the board needs reform. But this is Chip Roy. He was talking about this on TV just yesterday uh, about this leveraging. Listen to listen to this. It is our time to act. You got to use the debt ceiling fight, the spending fight. And actually, we're going to have to do what the Senate didn't do when Mitch McConnell capitulated to Democrats in December and took away our leverage. Now we're going to have to use the debt ceiling and the spending fight in September to demand that Biden do the right thing. And H.R. 29 is the right path forward. Detain like current law requires Mm -hmm. under asylum adjudication. We will allow asylum claims, but you got to be detained. That's what the law requires. This administration is trying to use asylum and parole policies to end run their actual duty, their actual oath to secure the border of the United States. I've had it. We're going to do something about it. And I'm going to make my Republican colleagues join us in that effort. Mm. Well, let's see if it works. That's the million dollar question. So he's because he says, no, you can't just the argument that the Democrats are making is, oh, well, you're you're not protecting asylum seekers. They believe that you should go ahead and allow them to enter illegally and just let them just do whatever here in the United States until their asylum hearing time comes. That means years. So that means you're here illegally and yet you're in this weird, you know, uh, limbo. But. They're still they still don't have a legal status. So that's not I'm trying to figure out what Democrats want here. That's not how the asylum process goes. It's not broken. You just don't follow it. That's the that's the real problem here. Hmm. A couple other things. Like I said, we got uh, I have (laughs) I have more wokery. I don't know if you guys I don't really pay attention to Burberry. It's a women. It's a fashion brand for men and women. It's supposed to be luxury fashion and haute couture. 
They have an ad campaign where they're celebrating mutilation for the sake of quote unquote gender affirmation. They had an ad, it was on Instagram, where they promoted young women getting double mastectomies because they identify as men. And that's like their, that's their ad. And they put it up and they, one of them you can see where they had their double mastectomy. Which seems like it also kind of makes a mockery of women who deal with that issue medically necessarily. Not as an elective due to gender dysphoria. So they are celebrating this in their latest ad campaign, mainstreaming it in messaging so that it looks normal, that it looks, this is fine, this is healthy to mutilate oneself, uh, that's, it's completely okay. Every, I mean, there's so many of these, they're just the latest. So they, it's, is, I thought, wait, I, it's confusing. So haven't we been lectured by third wave feminists this entire time about body positivity? Like, oh, they have curves or don't judge someone for the way that they are. But yet, is that not, isn't celebrating this the opposite of that? Yeah. Right? It is. It's just, I think you have a lot of parents who, I don't know, sometimes I, I, some, I question the, the logic of some of these parents because you have people, like I was a tomboy when I was a kid. And I used to like to play with Matchbox cars. I'm glad my mom wasn't like, oh, you must be a boy because you ride a three-wheeler and you play with Matchbox cars. Oh, you must want to be a boy. Or if a, a, a boy today says, oh, my favorite movie is you know, Frozen or something. At that same point, you don't, oh, well, he must want to be a girl because of that. For all of the talk against stereotypes and body shaming, that's literally what this entire movement is made on. Made up, is, is, it's predicated upon literally affirming stereotypes and also body shaming to the point of someone mutilating themselves. It's the wildest thing. It's so incredibly backwards. Now, in addition to this, Xbox is going to force gamers to power down to fight climate change, saying that they're making the first carbon-aware console, which I will never purchase. That's garbage. Do you leave your... I, I don't actually leave my Xbox on. I play... Yes, I do. I, I'm actually playing um, uh, Warhammer Vermintide right now. It's quite good. It's really fun. But... Do you leave yours on like after you play? I don't leave mine on. Who leaves their who leaves their console on? I always turn my console off when I'm done. Do people actually just leave it on? Why do you leave your console on? No. See, he's like, no, no, no. Nobody leaves their console on. Why do they feel like they got to do this? They said that they want to be a carbon negative, water positive, zero waste company by 2030. And so Microsoft is rolling out an update to consoles starting yesterday. It's going to automatically switch them into a power saving shutdown mode instead of the usual, but they say sleep mode is energy hungry, according to Ars Technica. So they said that the sleep mode means the machine puts out. The only time I ever don't actually turn it off is if I'm downloading something. But after Microsoft deleted literally my entire COD library, and acted like I never purchased it. I'm I don't ever make major purchases like that unless it's like actually the disc. I don't I'm not buying junk off, you know, the, doing the cloud and all of that because that it was maddening. Lost all of my like everything, all my levels, everything. My whole history with the with the title, it's crazy. So, they said that your console will wake up at a time when it can use the most renewable energy in your local grid. All they said Xbox consoles carbon aware. Who cares? 
maybe stop deleting titles from stuff before you start looking at something that doesn't, you don't need to mess with. Gosh, this is so frustrating. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. <laughs> All right, so first up, this, uh, oh boy, this is a brawl. I think we got uh, audio of this too, do we not? Two women were arrested after a wild brawl over missed boarding. I can't even play it. I was afraid actually to play it just then. It started. They were arrested. <laughs> I mean, just you just want to hear just a little bit, just well, a little. Has a video. Yeah, just a little. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Juan. There, two female passengers. They were arrested uh, after apparent. This was in Miami, and it had to do with they were trying to board the airline, and apparently didn't happen. And then there was a clash with cops, and then they were trying to resist arrest, and it was just complete and total clownery. The whole time. You don't, that's just not the way to do it. And they were like at the, like the ticketing counter. So it's like, were you not even like getting, they weren't even past like security, it looks like. And it took no fewer, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven cops, two women, seven cops. And one of them was definitely resisting, like kicking and all this kind of stuff. It was Frontier. And they, yeah, it said they were, they missed their flights boarding to Atlanta. They got there really late. So, like, they were at ticketing, like, even after, that's, so that's really late. That's not how flights work. You got to get there early, man. They're not going to hold nothing for you. That's not how any of that stuff works. Come on. So, a Florida man who rammed his car into a dentist's office was charged with a DUI. Uh, the 22-year-old Gabriel Hawsey slammed into Healthy Smiles Dentistry on 10th Street, and he knocked into two walls. This was crazy. I mean, he uh, it just pretty wild. He knocked into two separate walls uh, and he was completely and entirely drunk uh, when it happened. It's all captured on video. He had a blood alcohol of 0.14, twice the legal limit, which is insane. Uh, and he was taken into custody. And they said he could have lost his life. Thankfully, nobody was, was injured. Uh, but right next door was a boxing academy. And one of the coach said that his trainees usually runs laps in the parking lot. He's like, we got a lot of kids there. He's like, these people speed like there's no tomorrow. He was charged exactly a year ago from his new arrest uh, to leaving the, with leaving the scene of an accident, property damage in Hernando County. So, ooh, my gosh. Yeah, and Kane notes that those women, they were on a no, they're, now they're on a no-fly list. Yeah. So now they can't fly at all, those women who got in. Yeah, because you can't be acting a fool like that. You can't be doing stuff like that. That's not, No. Uh, also, a couple of other things. Oh, you found this. A Florida man was trying to spit on a speeding car and ended up falling from a third floor balcony. Oh, that hurts. Ocean City. Distress call came in. According to the fire department's post, a man on the third floor tried to spit on a speeding car in the parking lot. And in his attempt to do so, he literally fell off the balcony onto the second floor balcony of an unoccupied and locked apartment underneath his. He had to call 911 to be helped down. He's okay, but maybe he's learned a lesson. Just why do people just, just stop? Just don't be doing, no, don't be doing stupid stuff like this. Uh, let's see, a couple of other things. Um, good heavens. A Florida man impersonating a police officer stealing from an elderly man got busted at 7-Eleven. 
52-year-old James Troy Davis was arrested for robbery, impersonating a law enforcement officer, and false imprisonment. Uh, this was back, they, they've been looking for him since December, and they finally did get him. Uh, but he apparently stole an elderly man's jewelry worth about $30,000. He was caught on surveillance with his truck. They tracked him down. But the sheriff's office thinks there's more victims, and so they're working with Crimeline to discover who those may be. Just nobody, you're all, oh gosh. A Florida man annoyed that a bank won't let him withdraw funds decides to rob the bank instead. <laughs> One way to withdraw. And then he led cops on a, on a 20-mile chase. According to Facebook, Lee County Sheriff, 72-year-old Patrick Schrader was arrested as a result. Don't be doing that. We got more in store. Third hour on the way. Don't go anywhere. During the midterms, uh, we've heard from uh, congressional members, Republicans in particular, that their focus was going to be on lowering costs for the American people, dealing with inflation, which is something the president has been doing uh, for the last uh, for the last two years. Um, says who? Yeah, what has he been doing again? Like, does she actually say that? Like, for real? Don't think that that's how that works. He hasn't been doing nothing. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, top of our third hour. He hasn't actually been working to lower. He's caused it. You know, he's caused it. That's for sure. Made everything more expensive. Things like, um, oh, I don't know, eggs. So this brings me to what I think Kane should be our new side hustle. Because there's been almost a 140% increase and the cost of eggs. And I had a headline. Let me pull up my headline here. So I have this headline. Gets into how the newest contraband at the southern border is eggs. Customs and Border Protection agents had more than 2,000 encounters with people trying to bring eggs in from, to the United States from Mexico between November 1st and January 7th. 17th, excuse me. Now in that same 11-week period one year earlier... Only 460 encounters. Now, there was avian influenza and then just basic inflation. The biggest increase is in San Diego, where they saw encounters jump from a little over 1,000. Well, actually, from, it went from 232 over 1,000. Now, they don't actually discuss how many eggs were seized, but they said that it's people traveling with eggs. So, it was, you used to have eggs a dollar ninety two for a dozen now it's four twenty five and customs and border patrol are saying that you know it was one of the reasons that avian flu was kind of a big deal is because people were bringing agricultural items across the border, so maybe don't that's why you have to declare stuff, regardless whether you like it or not, like I get it with certain things I get it, especially if you go to like Hawaii or something like that. So the egg issue, they said 2,002 border seizures, huge increase. They think that maybe decline in shipping costs and prices falling on some food products and all of that still maybe that the price of eggs is still high, though. There are people who can't even find them on grocery store shelves. I haven't really had that issue finding them on shelves, but I have seen the price. I think we've all seen the price of these eggs, like how you know, unbelievably expensive it all is. And so people are bringing eggs in. So Kane, I feel like we should probably 
get into this. Like if you go across the border of Mexico, you can buy groceries. But you got to eat your eggs there. You can't bring your eggs in to the United States if you go. You know what I mean? If you go. So Customs and Border Patrol is trying to tell people, look, if you're shopping over there, which I don't know why you would go. And then you, just why. But, you know, just say you do. And don't you can't bring that stuff over. So I feel like this is a a side hustle, man. We need to get into. Absolutely. Is it really that like your people really that's the one thing I have not I've seen the increase in price for sure. But for whatever reason, at least in the area where I live, actually in Dallas at large, I haven't seen a lot of people saying that it's been difficult for them to find them, just that it's been expensive. Yeah. I've even been seeing stories because I've been digging deep into this for months now. And there have been, especially recently, stories of chicken feed. That people were questioning the chicken feed. There were people who were experiencing their chickens stop laying eggs for months at a time, not just a wintertime type thing where you know chickens tend to slow down or stop laying eggs in the wintertime. This is something that's been going on for a long time. And so the chicken feed is now another issue. And it's starting to look to me, because I wear a tinfoil hat on most days, uh, that it's crazy, not accidental. And so I've what got, you're saying is that people are deliberately poisoning the avian popu- well, population you, you so say, that you say poison, eggs are expensive. Yeah, you say poison, but what it ends up doing, at least a lot of these farms are experiencing just a complete stop of egg production based on the feed. They change the feed, then egg production comes back. It To me, it's that's sus, bro. It's Because it's not like they're taking out the chickens. Just the egg production. Well, they've done that too. Remember all the fires in those. Well, yeah, and the avian flu for sure. Yeah. So you're saying that you think that WEF has declared a war on our food production and means of supply as a way to make us all poorer and dependent upon bugs for sustenance. Yep. I mean, you know, it's 2023. I mean, who the hell knows? Maybe. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't live in a. I don't sleep in a tinfoil roll like Kane. But (laughs) I'm just saying it's weird, right? I don't, I don't get it. But at the same time, I could be convinced either way at this point. I just don't. I am so distrustful of everything. I think I would believe Bigfoot more than I would my own government. Oh, yeah. For real. Like if Bigfoot came out and was like, do this. This is good. I'd be like, I trust Bigfoot over that, over, over our own government. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But I really do feel like, so what does that mean? Like getting chickens or something? I don't know. Do I want to deal with chickens? They're cute. And I want to put pants on them. I don't know if y'all have seen Sidebar. If you've seen the... Yes, Google it. There's a video. Chickens wearing pants. It's the funniest thing you'll ever see in your life. I will watch... That's the video that I could watch a thousand times in a row and still laugh with the same energy as I did the first time on the thousandth time. It's the most hysterical. But then you got to take care of them. And, you know, a lot of chickens... I mean, my grandparents had chickens. So I don't know. I, it's just, but, and I don't, and I honestly, do you really think that it gets me that you have um, people who don't want to assume responsibility for anything, but yet they'll go out and get chickens, I guess, to make it look trendy to get it. Isn't that like the new trendy thing to do is have chickens? That alone makes me not want to have chickens because if it's trendy and everyone else is doing it, I don't want to do it. Well, I'm not going to now. Just don't want to go to, you know, if everyone's getting, isn't it what it seems like? Like all the hipsters I know are getting chickens and it makes me hate the idea of owning chickens because they're all doing it and I don't want to do it. Right. Does it seem that way to you or am I just being overly sensitive? Remember back in our hometown of St. Louis, there are people in city limits getting chickens. I'm like, you don't even know where meat comes from. And you're going to get chickens because you think it's trendy. You saw some some couple in the tiny house show. 
get some chickens, and now you think that you want to get some chickens. You just wanted to sew curtains for the chicken coop. That's all you wanted to do. Can't stand it. So they, I just feel like maybe it's a good side hustle, though. I don't know. So. Yeah, it might be. It might be. You know, just something like that. I, I do think, what was it? They, um, who was it that was, so we, so we had a dinner last night. We were uh, uh, having dinner with the Good Ranchers folks, talking with them about how they're kind of like the modern day Duttons in a way. So there was this, this talking about food and all this other stuff. There was a, uh, one of the episodes previously of Yellowstone. And I'm talking about the modern day one with John Dutton and Kelly Riley and uh, you know, Kevin Costner and Kelly Riley, who's brilliant, by the way. But she was saying that they needed to change their business structure of the ranch because they're competing with Brazilian ranches and ranches in New Zealand and so much meat is imported anymore. You would be shocked. Like the, some of the stuff that you're ordering and you're thinking that you're having delivered to you, you think it's like U.S. you know, meat and it's not. <laughs> we'll talk about that more later. But they, on the show, they were saying we need to be able to actually send it to consumers. So it's kind of like the Good Ranchers business model, which I thought was incredibly interesting. But the going back to lockdown and everything else, do you remember when ranchers were having to kill their cattle because they couldn't afford to feed them out? And they couldn't, it, it, people weren't going out to eat, people weren't purchasing as much beef, all this. And then you have, who, who are the people that you have who are saying, like, there are actually some meat companies saying, eat less meat. But they're not getting into the bug harvesting business, know that. And so during lockdown, you had, you know, a lot of these ranchers, and I heard from a number of ranchers, we ended up going in on a steer. And that was like a pain in the backside to get that process because you couldn't take your, couldn't go to a wild game processor. And there were all these restrictions and regulations, which I think the Texas state legislature since then has remedied. But it was just ridiculous. It was a huge process just to do that. Uh, and just listening to the struggles of all these ranchers. And now apparently they killed too many cattle during lockdown. And uh, now they're having to look at, you know, they're having, um, you know, they have fewer calves and they have smaller herds this year. And this was something that USDA actually had a report on that they have smaller, that uh, smaller herds, smaller head of cattle this year. And that takes a long time to build up a herd because it's not like, you know, talk and was talking to these guys about this last night. You know, my own, my, I had family that dealt with cattle and they dealt, they were cattle, uh, and they dealt with, uh, goats. And chickens was just kind of like their thing on the side. And I have other family members that dealt with cattle and they also dealt with pigs. And so it's, you know, kind of, it's in our family. So I know it's, it's not as, it's not a quick thing. Like with chickens, I mean, it's just a matter of weeks. But with cattle, you're talking about a few years in terms of the, the entire span of, of time uh, in raising it up and then having, you know, get, and getting it to that point where it's, you know, it's commercial. So the point being is that we had have smaller head of cattle and it's going to take a while for that to recover so they're kind of in the middle of that right now and in the meantime it's forcing people in the united states to become more dependent upon imported beef a lot of it coming from brazil and new zealand and we're at that point where a lot of ranches need to really start looking into this and doing it i just it was a really enlightening uh conversation and just um it's just pr- it's pretty amazing it's it's pretty amazing to see this i think that there's we've gotten so far away from even understanding what it takes to be self-sufficient with regards to our own food supply that we can't 
as a as a population recognize you know shenanigans when it pops up like Kane's like so Kane's like already down in the tractor supply rabbit hole what are you sharing with me here Kane's a pioneer woman over here looking at his well, I'm Modern. just showing that, you know, like I said, I've been doing some digging yeah, over the you past have. several weeks. And this is one of the most recent that I've come up with and seen. Like, this isn't the only story written about this. There are other outlets that have written the same story. But apparently the tractor supply company, tractor feed supply, tractor mm-hmm. supply, they're the ones that a lot of these people get their poultry feed from, right? Mm-hmm. And what the common thread with all of these farmers that experienced egg laying stop, they were all using the tractor supply poultry feed. Well, when they either switched up the feed, made it themselves, or they switched to goat feed, the chickens started laying again. Interesting. So <clears throat> that's, you know, again, this could be a, a, a widespread problem or it could be a very small centralized type problem. That I don't really know yet. But all I know is that this is the data that I've been uncovering when looking deeper into the egg situation. I love it that he sent me also a message board conversation, and one of the people's avatars is me. Is it really? Yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah, that was, I was like, hey, there's me. That's funny. Uh, but no, I, it was a very interesting and insightful conversation. I think that's something that we'll, we'll have to expand on here in the coming days. So coming up, apparently Putin is now negotiating with the Taliban on the purchase of U.S. coalition military equipment that was left behind in Afghanistan as a result of Biden's bungling. I mean, that is a lot. You're looking at over $7 billion in equipment. We're going to talk about that here. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So this is an interesting, it came out of BBC. So this... Man who identifies as a woman, calls himself Isla Bryson, was moved back to the men's prison. Now, this might seem, oh, well, that's, you know, obvious, duh. Why weren't they not there in the first place? So apparently he had been remanded to the women's prison. And after he was convicted of raping women, he went by the, I mean, his name was, is Adam Graham. And then they moved him. He decided while he was awaiting trial to transition from a man to a woman and claim that he wanted to be with the women's population. Uh, there were a lot of debate. There was a lot of debate about the safety of the other women in the jail if he was placed there because he's a repeat offender and uh, multiple convictions for rape. And so he ended up. He's he uh, is now moving, being moved back into the men's prison because they said his risk of, of reoffending was way too great. So there were a lot of people. So they finally did something that made some sense. One thing. Let's see if they can make it a twofer. So Vladimir Putin, he's five foot seven inches. He is pictured wearing high-heeled shoes while posing for pictures with Moscow students. And you can see he's got, yeah, those are some big lifts. They really are. They're pretty. They are. Uh, And he was standing with uh, students for Russian Students Day because they've very carefully crafted his image, right? Like he's been pictured riding horses, shirtless. And remember the time he went for a quick dip? Uh, and the Baltic Sea came up with all of these meticulously cleaned treasures. Remember that? This is so funny. The propaganda is hysterical. Uh, but they said that he was uh, he was pictured with these students, and he's in these very, very thick-soled shoes. It said that they gave him probably a little over an extra inch in looking at it. So, hmm, kind of image-obsessed. Image very interesting, very interesting. Uh, we have more to come, including this situation now, speaking of Russia, coming out of... 
Afghanistan. Russia wants to buy all this equipment we left behind during the Biden bungle. Stay with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. Judge, on the far end, uh, tell, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Okay. Um, Do you know what purposivism is? Um, in my 12 years as an assistant attorney general huh? and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Oh, my. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. But I do know what these two articles are. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, bottom of our third hour. I mean, she's like, well, not, not, um, it's not coming to mind. So the Article 5 is what establishes the whole uh, am amendment process for the Constitution. And Article 2 is what, uh, uh, for the presidency, how you, uh, the, they can be removed for, uh, impeachment or treason or that's the whole fr I thought the left loved the whole high crimes and misdemeanors phrase that's where it comes from I mean I thought they loved that phrase did they not know what they were citing didn't they say that constantly during Trump I'm just curious good night so that judge that you just I Charnel her name is Char, uh, she's the Spokane County Superior Court judge Bear with us here. Charnel. Yeah. It's her name. And she could not demonstrate. How do you not know that? Like it doesn't come to mind. I would just assume that they're going to throw. They're going to ask me about things that. I mean, there's certain things that you just should know as a judge. That as it relates to the Constitution, right? I mean, you should you should know the Articles of the Constitution. Sure. Uh, it it's just kind of I mean that's your wheelhouse. We're not asking you to memorize anything else but this stuff. That's your job. Well, it's not coming to mind. It's not coming to mind at the moment. Look, and I also am, you know, I, I at the same time I'm not going to be, but at the same time, you know, I. There is an inclination to want to be gracious and say, oh, maybe it's because she's on C-SPAN and she realized there's pressure here and, you know, she has a brain fart and all this stuff. Yeah, no. I just don't feel like being, I mean, this is a serious, it's a serious thing. This is one of Biden's judicial nominees. It's just not coming to mind. I just, I thought that she would, I mean, she missed a total moment to dunk if she wanted to on, on GOP for Article 5. She totally missed that. She could have totally dunked on them. She could have, for Article 2, she could have said, oh, well, high crimes and misdemeanors. Like, and she could have tried, she could have made a, a slam on, and she didn't, she didn't, she missed an opportunity there. I'm just saying, it's a missed opportunity. I wanted to share this with you, too. I see so many people writing, World War Three, World War Three. stop. No, it's ridiculous. So this, um, this is pretty amazing. 
So Putin is negotiating with, and this is according to uh, a number of reports, including, I think, The Guardian, with the Taliban on the possible purchase of coalition, U.S. coalition military equipment that Biden left behind after bungling that ridiculous, like, let's fast forward the withdrawal and not listen to any of our generals in 2021. Uh, so they want that for use in the war against Ukraine. You're looking at nearly like $8 billion something dollars, wasn't it, of equipment? It was $85 billion all in total. Everything that we left there, back then the estimates were around $85 billion worth of equipment. <sighs> well, isn't that just lovely? A lot. So that would really, I mean, you're just, that's your, and the Taliban's going to get a big fat payday out of it. Isn't that nice? And then our equipment is going to be used by Russia for Ukraine, against Ukraine. Just amazing. 50,000 armored vehicles, 150 aircraft, attack helicopters. Yeah, you're right. It was like 85, et cetera. Uh, the munition, some of the munitions alone were like 7 billion. The equipment is different. They, yeah, this is just wild. And it's being pretty widely reported. So he's in, it's not a done deal yet. The Sun also has it, that he's trying to make this happen with negotiations. And uh, I've noticed it's a lot of British papers more so than papers here in the United States. That seems like that's, that's a pretty significant development, considering everything that's over there, you know, if true. I'm really hesitant to immediately just, I always want to question anything that has to do with Russia because the, the PSYOP from China or Russia, the PSYOP can be so crazy. But uh, yeah, and Telegram, uh, or Telegraph, sorry, one of the other British publications is reporting this. So they said that they, we had spent about $62 billion on weapons and equipment to arm the Afghan military as they were trying to hold the region after expelling the Taliban, so to speak. I mean, you're looking at 22,174 Humvees, uh, half a million machine guns, and uh, select fire capability rifles and pistols given over by the U.S., 33 Black Hawk helicopters, 23 Super Tucano fighter planes, (laughs) 4 C-130 transport planes, uh, let's see, there's, oh, here's the other thing, 16,035 uh, pairs of night vision goggles. So FLIR, uh, they don't make it for civilian market anymore. I got some FLIR optics in that. Uh, that's all night vision. They don't make that, that, that's one of the things that are very, very proprietary over, like certain tech like that, the United States. And when we've done like, when we did night training uh, for defensive gun usage and all of that, that's like one of the things they were telling us that, you know, that's, you got to keep, you know, Keep your nods. You got to keep track of your stuff. But that's that's crazy for them because they can reverse engineer stuff. I mean, China can. Uh, Eight thousand trucks, uh, all kinds of. I mean, I'm just all kinds of stuff. So they um, would. Uh, that's a lot that they would be able. To, I, now I don't know if if they are negotiating for all of it, some of it, but that's what's up for grabs there. Ta- Taliban has it all. In Afghanistan, they got we left them enough uh, enough equipment and munitions for a whole whole military. They got it. Unbelievable. Just to put it in perspective, we spent billions of dollars, like you said, arming Afghans. We left billions of dollars worth of equipment back in Afghanistan, and then, of course, if Russia ends up purchasing this, 
then we're going to end up having to spend billions more in Ukraine than we've already spent in order to blow up the equipment we left back in Afghanistan. I mean, we're, we're, this is crazy. We, so we would essentially be just giving away billions of equipment to Russia. We give, we've given billions of dollars to Ukraine. Now we're sending over 30, what is it, 33 and one Abrams. And we spring an arms dealer for some basketball player for a league that is not supported by all the third wave feminists who demanded that they have one. Wow. And this all happened under Biden. Just two years. Man. He's been busy. He's been busy ruining things. Just craziness. Just wow. That's incredible. It's just so frustrating. So incredibly frustrating. I have a couple of other things here for you, too. I want to make sure that we get into uh, before we wrap up today's program. So this... I'm not going to... I'm trying to figure... Because it's kind of a weird news day. We've been talking... We talked... We had a lot of wokery. We got into that. Uh, We got into some of the Antifa stuff as well. Uh, The other... I'm going to pull this up. It says, so Alec Epstein had a very interesting piece where he was discussing how people are kind of waking up, thankfully, to the reality that China would be one of the biggest beneficiaries of, quote unquote, climate reparations, because they emit more CO2 than the United States and Europe put together. And that they're still using fossil fuels. They're not going to stop using fossil fuels while we make everything green over here and we try to push everyone into using electric vehicles and electric stoves and all of this other stuff, even though there's not enough rare earth elements to actually accommodate every single person having every single one of these things that all the green new cultists would like for them to have. And this whole idea, because it's one of the things that they've been pushing was the the climate reparations this coupled with everything that's been going on uh, in with Russia and Ukraine, the headlines that we just had about equipment, and then whether or not we would actually even be prepared for any kind of conflict in China, which we've talked about quite a bit, uh, considering some of the, uh, uh, what is it, I guess war games, not really. It's just testing and strategy and, and exercises, military exercises, uh, growth exercises that we've, that we've conducted in the Pacific kind of leave us back on our heels a bit with regards to China, or at least that's what's kind of coming out. However, to empower, we would be doing the exact same thing in China that, we, that we've been doing with Ukraine and Russia, funding both sides. If we, if we go all green, we're funding China, putting ourselves at such a weakened position. It's almost like it's by design. At that point, honestly... Can you really roll your eyes at people who, who are just looking at the stuff that's on the table before them and coming up with a theory? Can you honestly roll your eyes at people when you see that so much of the stupidity seems entirely purposeful? It's kind of hard to call people a conspiracy theorist nowadays, especially when the conspiracy theories have been proving to be true. I mean, where to start even? It's weird. It's like a new era of enlightenment. All your conspiracy theorist friends have been, they've been right. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Representative Schiff, Representative Swalwell, uh, and uh, also Represent uh, Representative uh, Omar are, um, you know, our expertise and bring a lot to the table when it comes to uh, foreign policy and national security. And we'll say this, uh, you know, uh, we'll say this, we'll say that, um, you know, when it comes to that committee, it should not be politicized. Uh, it should be independent. And uh, and again, those congressional members bring a lot of expertise. So that's uh, to KJP that defending and, uh, Swallow and Schiff and Omar, who've been whining for days now about being removed from these committees. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash. Here, you know what they're really—they have expertise. Like, if you wanted to know how to marry your brother, Omar would be a great person to ask. Yeah, if you um, wanted to uh, learn how to form a romantic relationship with a communist spy from China, CCP, Swalwell would be perfect, perfect person to give some expertise on that. If you wanted to know how not to blink and how to appear as though you're tweaked out on amphetamines without actually taking the amphetamines, maybe, uh, Schiff would be a great repository of information on how to do that. So, yeah, they, they bring some things to the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Schiff yeah. also brings, if you ever want to get duped by Russian comedians. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That Schiff too. knows a lot about and that. And pushing, pushing misinformation. Oh, they yeah. bring a lot of stuff to tables that you would normally just kind of sweep underneath them. But as far as national security, um, yeah, I don't think that's something that I can get on board with. Nothing, nothing national security-wise there. I don't um no I don't I don't see them as being anybody who have any particular expertise just existing on a committee uh especially where all this happened that's um yeah it's not uh that's not experience now tomorrow one of the things that we're going to get into is the story coming out of a uh, Colorado Court of Appeals so you know Jack Phillips the baker who we've had I've talked to him on air before He's appealed an earlier court decision. He keeps getting sued by the same leftists who are trying to force him because apparently his masterpiece cake shop is the only cake shop in the entire state of Colorado. So if you were looking, you know, for a way to make money, maybe going and being a baker in Colorado and, and baking things for people who are seriously, apparently suffering from, you know, a deficit of baked items. Uh, because poor Jack Phillips just can't bake for everyone. So these leftists, they're mad at him because he... He is a, a Christian and they want him to make cakes and not not sell them a cake. There's a difference. Don't let the left conflate this. Not sell you a cake to create using your talent and expression something from scratch, specifically affirming something they're trying to state that actually compromises your personal beliefs. So there's the difference. They don't see the nuance in that. We obviously do. So they had a... Uh, and a, a court of appeals judge in Colorado has ruled against him today. They're telling him, bake the cake. So, you know, I asked him when he was on air with me, I said, would you bake me a Halloween cake? He doesn't do that. He was like, no, I would not. I would definitely recommend places you can go. He doesn't do divorce cakes. He doesn't do nothing like that. No Halloween cakes. Uh, he's just, he's very devout and that's totally fine. I'm not going to force him to bake something. I just these so this is this is the we'll talk more about this tomorrow because honestly I mean this is it, it's 
They they were trying. So what the court determined was that his expression did not fall under free speech. So what the appellate court decided is that ultimately uh, you're an indentured servant if you enter and do anything commercially. So we're going to we'll talk about more about that in depth tomorrow. Today in Stupidity Kane. Ah, it is Karine Jean-Pierre. She's claiming that Biden's been lowering inflation. That's right. Lowering inflation for the last two years. Listen to this. Members, Republicans in particular, that their focus was going to be on lowering costs for the American people, dealing with inflation, which is something the president has been doing uh, for the last uh, for the last two years. Uh, He hasn't, though, is the thing. Mm -hmm. It's actually been increasing under Biden's watch. We've only sort of leveled off. We haven't. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's not going to work. Not going to work, folks. Tomorrow's Friday, so we'll finish out the week together. And don't forget, sign up for Chapter and Verse, the newsletter over at Substack. Uh, Find us on Facebook, YouTube, like and subscribe. I will be back with you behind the mic tomorrow.